Phil Brown is our New York-based Aussie expat who moved to the Big Apple about 15 years ago and has raised a family of two girls there. We've spoken to Phil and gained his perspective on the city and the country, particularly over the Trump-Biden years, as he puts it all into context. The past year... The past year has been a particularly turbulent one with various civil and criminal court battles not going Donald Trump's way. Graham Kemlo speaks to Phil about the presidential race, the sacking of a member of Congress and the view from the street of one of the best cities in the world to observe the the festive season. Well, I've got Phil Brown on the line. Phil's our um, expat reporter who's been living in New York. Is it like 15 years now, Phil, or more? A little bit more, 17 now, moving on to 18. Gee, you get less yeah. for murder, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm still working on my uh, my New York accent, though. I haven't done very yeah, well. You haven't actually progressed that one inch, I don't think, mate. <laughs> and that's probably a good thing. Um, if you can uh, withstand that while all about you are talking Yankee, well, you're doing well. Yeah. But I bet your two daughters have got good American accents. Well, they... They had Australian accents and, until they went to uh, to kindergarten, right? And or really, it was a sort of preschool thing, and they lost their Australian accents in about two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I think uh, just to be understood, you know, if you if you're yeah. putting a different spin on the vowel, that might create problems. There are times when I have had to ask for a beer <laughs> because they haven't been able to understand what I'm asking for. If I say, say I'd like a beer, they say, what? what? Um, a beer, thanks. You know, makes right. it a clearer for them. A beer? Yeah. Okay. We got a little, got a little uh, uh, issue there. Okay. Well, that's all good. So, Phil, I just wanted to check in with you. The end of a, a quite turbulent year in New York and also a bit more broadly in in the US um, yeah. maybe we deal with the elephant in the room first what what do you think the current situation is for Donald Trump he seems to have incurred the, the uh, ire of judges both civil and criminal he does seem to have done that and he's done it pretty well um They've gagged him a bit, haven't they? They have gagged him a little. Um, It's amazing how he just uh, skirts around the issue. So they gagged him from talking about um, one of the courts uh, in New York recently. (laughs) And rather rather than... uh, talk about any of the court staff he then attacked the judge's wife instead who wasn't a part of the gag order so um yeah he goes he goes right to the edge but um it looks like he's in well he's already been found guilty of uh, evading taxes in new york but there is a current case just deciding about how much he is going to have to pay as a result of that um, this is the, more of a corporate case. Is it against his company or him personally? Yes, this is against the the Trump organisation, and uh, the the prosecutor originally was looking for fines of two hundred and fifty million or more. Um, some are saying it could go as high as a billion plus. You're kidding! But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but they also, when he was originally found 
guilty, and this was probably four or five months ago, he was actually found guilty, and now they're just arguing about how much he's going to pay. But they also, as a part of that, um, the state cancelled his business licences. Um, he was able to appeal and get those, um, keep those licences until this decision is made. So he'll still possibly end up with all of his New York businesses shut down, which means that uh, probably places like uh, Trump Tower and a lot of the buildings he owns around town will go into foreclosure and be sold right. um, because he won't be able to operate them. Oh, okay. Um, so well, I'll have to stick to Florida, will he? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. He'll be down at Marilaga. He's still got a few golf courses. But, uh, you know, it, it's questionable as to whether all of those properties are profitable. So he still has some assets that he could sell. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's still in a fairly awkward position, Yeah. Plus the fine that he'll have to pay as a result of the New York case. So, right. uh, is it we'll the more see. risky situation to do though with the storming of the Bastille? If I can mix my <laughs> metaphors. Well, there are there are two cases. Um, one is the yeah the um, the federal election sort of interference case. That's pretty uh, pretty substantial. And the other one is the uh, the documents at Mar-a-Lago. Yes, that he shared um, with journalists or something. Yes, yes. Actually, an Australian got mentioned in that. Um, oh, so they're, okay. yeah, for sharing, uh, I think, some secrets about submarines. Um, so an Aussie has been mentioned in in dispatches, but not not subpoenaed or anything. No, no, no. no just mentioned. Just, oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, the, is he is he likely to get disqualified from anything for that? Well. There are, separate to all of this, the four states have actually had uh, court cases trying to get him taken off the ballot, saying that he's not fit to be on the ballot in their states. Um, three of the states actually lost those cases. Oh. So there is still one to go. I think it's in, uh, it might be Georgia, or I can't remember. Right. There's still one to go, but uh, chances are that he won't be taken off the ballot. So he will be able to run. Um, and there are a lot of delaying tactics. So it's highly doubtful that these bigger cases will actually be finalised before the election in November next year. Um, the federal election interference case is quite a big one. Mm. Um, the Mar-a-Lago case might be one of the quickest ones because it's a pretty open and shut sort of case. But uh, there are tremendous delaying tactics in, in place and the judge looking after that case is a big Trump fan. <laughs> so everything that his lawyers have asked for in terms of delays, she's basically granted. So uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, he also has the E. Jean Carroll case where he was found guilty of defamation and sexual assault. Yeah, then he and had another go at her, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, def- yes. defamatory-wise, not... Assault yes, wise. as soon as he got out of court, court, he basically called her a nut job and uh, went <laughs> off on a rant. And they pulled him back into court again and said, "Hey, did he get we're fined su- again?" Well, that's coming up in February, so oh, uh, okay. That, that uh, so they initially it cost him five million. They'll probably double that right. uh, this time around. So, yeah, he still has uh, a few cases out there. There's also the. 
uh, election interference case in Georgia. And uh, the, the problem that he's having there is that basically all of his lawyers and Mark Meadows, who is his chief of staff, have all flipped on him. They're all going to uh, testify for the, uh, um, for the government in, in that case. What so, about Rudy? Is he, Rudy Giuliani pleaded with Trump to fund his legal support, and I think Trump told him, go away. Is Rudy yes. flipping as well? Rudy is not flipping at this stage. Um, I think he's a part of that case. I'm pretty sure he is. But other, all of the other lawyers um, have, have flipped on him. Right. Okay. Uh, Rudy was his private lawyer. The other lawyers were government lawyers. Um, oh, so, okay. So he's in a different class. Rudy actually has his own court case happening at the moment because he was uh, he defamed a couple of. Um, the election uh, support people, I think it was in Georgia, Ruby Freeman, I think, was one, and uh, and her mother, saying that they were um, doing illegal things, passing uh, lists of uh, of votes on a uh, on a memory stick between each other and loading those into election machines and all kinds of things. Oh. Uh, turns out they were passing each other the occasional mint. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. He needs, looks like he needs an optometric appointment as well. Yes, so oh. so um, they were uh, they were attacked pretty viciously by Trump supporters who and they they basically lost their jobs and um, they're not allowed you know they've been sort of drummed out of their house because there were Trump supporters on their lawn you know shouting oh. at them all night and day. Wow! So uh, they have a case against Rudy, but apparently Rudy's broke. Um, right. He was supposed to turn up in court. I think it was yesterday, but didn't uh, didn't front. So the okay. the judge gave gave him, uh, his lawyer, a serious dressing down. So, yeah, Rudy's in deep trouble here and uh, owes hundreds of millions of dollars, apparently, in legal wow. fees. And, wow. um, yeah, he'll be struggling. And the, yeah, these court cases cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, now, just can I can we just compare for one second what's happened in, in the Congress? Obviously, <clears throat> there's a member of, of Congress who upset other members by some activities that were deemed by the Congress to be illegal. And this guy, George Santos, has been sacked. Why hasn't um, the potential president been sacked or warned off or, you know? What did Santos do? Well, first of all, Santos basically invented his complete resume... Um, he wrote it. It was a you know really a fantasy piece okay. about his academic records and his achievements. He then lied about uh, so you know things like he was a, a star on the volleyball team and no one in the volleyball team knows him. Um, um, didn't use Chat GPT, did he? He possibly did, right. but it was a pretty early dodgy version, from what I can tell. Right. <laughs> um, but he, so he first of all he he fabricated his complete resume, including jobs. He said he was working for Goldman Sachs, and of course Goldman Sachs had never heard of him, right. never worked there, and and other places. So that was a part of um, sort of defrauding the public about who he was when he was elected to Congress. Right. And then since then, and a part of his campaigning, he's said things like his 
grandparents fled the Holocaust and and uh, were you know chased by Nazis. Oh. When it turns out, his family I think came from Colombia. <laughs> they were oh, never okay. anywhere so near Nazi a, Germany. He's a fiction writer as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh. Uh, he said that his niece was kidnapped and by Chinese communists, which was a, a joke. And he said his mother died as a result of nine eleven. Um, and oh, gone for uh, every sympathy vote there is. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. And it turns out, I think she was in Colombia at the time um, of of nine eleven. Wasn't even. I mean, in Brazil, I think she wasn't even in the country when it happened. Oh. Uh, he's talked about being having assassinated attempts against him. All kinds of uh, just wow. ridiculous things. Yeah. And uh, finally, the Congress uh, got together and said, "Okay, we've had enough," and voted him out. Uh, the first person to be voted out for many, many years. Uh, the last one was someone who was uh, someone who was engaged in slavery <laughs> after oh. it had been outlawed in the US. So it's been a while since Absolutely. anyone was kicked out of Congress. I'm not yeah. sure that the Australian House of Reps or the Senate actually has that capacity. I could be wrong, but you know, I did work in Canberra for four years and. I'd, yeah. I'd never heard of that. Um, normally, what happens is you get thrown out of the party room, and that yeah. means that your life is miserable. You're sitting on your own, you're eating on your own, you're drinking <laughs> on your own, and so uh, eventually you give up and go home. But, um, yeah. yeah, well, that's interesting. So um, so he literally uh, has left the Congress now, has he? He's an yes, ex-member. He's left- He's left now. Uh, yeah, he was uh, basically fired. Um, he walked out of the building on his own, right. uh, followed by th- about 3,000 press people. But, um, yeah, he walked out the same day. And, and which party does he belong to? Is he Republican? He's a Republican, yeah. Okay, so they do they get to replace him now? No, well, they, they don't until they think the next round of elections when that seat will come up. So they're one short. They did have a majority of four. Um, <clears throat> they're now down to a majority of three. So okay. it makes life a little bit more interesting for, this, for the Congress. Okay. Well, that, well, that, well that's all good. So, um, it, I don't know. How, do you, how are you finding it in the US at the moment? It's reported to be um, improving uh, economically, but we still there is still the great divide. Yeah, it's definitely improved economically. Um, I think Biden has actually done some really clever things, like he spent billions on infrastructure, which was a clever thing to do, and that's definitely having an impact across the country. Um, there was a lot of focus on inflation and that seems to have worked pretty well. Things are stable, I think, financially and uh, the stock markets are, you know, have recovered and, and are doing well at the moment. Mm, so It sounds like it. And what, yeah. about, um, what about Ukraine? Um, is he still in a situation where he can't fund any extra uh, monies for Ukraine? Yeah, he will need Congress to pass um, funding for Ukraine. Um, and there are a number of Republicans uh, who are holding out saying they're not going to uh, to fund Ukraine. Right. So he's in a bit of a battle there. Um, they will probably pass some kind of package. It won't be anything like, uh, I think, what uh, Biden would like to do. Um, yeah. But as this is sort of... 
The divide in America, in terms of the political divide, has just got deeper and wider. Um, over the last, you know, four years, it, it's absolutely incredible to see just how fractured it has become. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty nasty. So it's not um, pub conversation any longer. No, no, it's not. You quietly um, have your drink and, and go home. Yeah, you. There are lots of towns. You wouldn't want to walk into a town in in sort of rural America and say you were a big Biden supporter. Right. You'd be in a lot of trouble if you did. (laughs) That's sad, Uh, really. I mean, you know, um, I hope Australia never comes to that. Yeah, well, look, you know, if you think about Australia's most polarizing characters you know they they know we it's nothing like here um you know i remember paul keating was pretty polarizing he in was. many ways he was and a pretty sharp-tongued uh, man but it, there was still people said okay well you know he's a bit of a, a, a character bit of a lad yeah um, yeah but uh it didn't cause people to go out in, in the streets and 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 uh, you know, you know, do the things that they're doing um, mm. in America. It's just incredible to see what's happening. So it's it's kind of scary. And I'm it, here's what bothers me. You know, mm. Trump is talking about now wanting to have more. You know, if he is re-elected, first of all, he wants to co-opt the army so that he can use them to quell um, civilian riots that he uh, is pretty sure are going to happen. And that's never happened in the US. That's never been a role for the army. There's been a definite separation that they they definitely can't Not use them Not since the redcoats were coming. Yeah, exactly. They can't use them for any sort of civilian, uh, civilian uh, action. Yep. But he's uh, very keen to make sure that he does have that power. And then he's talking about changing parts of the constitution and having more power over the uh, the direct um, um, uh, functions of government so he wants to essentially uh, have far far more control and people are now saying that he also wants to change the rules around uh, re-election so that uh, he won't be out at the end of the four years. In fact, one of the things that he's very keen to do is say that his first four years were stolen from him, so he should be able to get another eight-year term. Um, And that towards the end of the eight-year term, people are saying he might try and do what other... Uh, people like Putin have done it, like yeah. Putin and she and she, yeah. to say, uh, you know, we have unlimited terms. So, uh, you know, America is almost sleepwalking into this sort of scenario where it's almost going to be, you know, a semi-dictatorship in in many ways if uh, they let him get away with it. But mm. what do you think America- the implications are for Australia, Phil? Like we've got all this AUKUS and all this other stuff going on down here and they're talking about something new now uh, on the northwest coast of Australia to do with um, satellite um, uh, fighting. Uh, what's the right, correct term? Um, you know, shooting satellites down, etc., etc. Right. Yeah, look, I think, you know, Trump's perspective is very much... Um, 
you know, America first, if it makes sense, and he can make a dollar out of something, then he'll do that. But he's also fairly practical, and uh, if he thinks he can make more money out of Australia making things and providing it to the US, and that's what he would do. Um, I think the the overall um, scenario is going to be that if people don't do things Trump's way, then he'll just move them aside. And uh, if Australia doesn't really, you know, kowtow to his demands, then he'll move on without Australia. He won't have any concern about that whatsoever. So it is a warning, I think, for for Australia that Trump may be re-elected. Um, we would have to, you know, you'd have to manage that relationship very, very carefully because you definitely wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of Trump. No. Now, we, we were on the wrong side of Trump, uh, I think, um, very early Malcolm in his Turnbull. first yeah. presidency. Yeah. Yeah, to do with, um, was that with the submarines, I think? Uh, no, it was something else. No, I think it was something else. But, it, you know, it, it, um, yeah. I, I know it surprised us that America suddenly was not appearing to be the good friend that it, that it had been and, um, uh, you know, that we'd been together through a war or two and an incursion or three and, you know, um, had been in lockstep with LBJ since then. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, look, it's, it's absolutely interesting. What, what gives you hope, Phil? I mean, you're continuing to live there, and I'm not criticising you yeah. for one minute for that. I get it. I've, <laughs> you know, I've had time in America too. But what is it that gives you hope? Is it the sort of uh, the fact that New York's a lovely spot to be in at Christmas? No, it's it's not so much that. What gives me hope is that there are um, <clears throat> there are enough good people in America that can make a difference. Um, it's a matter of them getting out and doing something about it. That means getting out and voting, right? Not relying on mail votes, but actually getting out and standing in the queues. And I think that people uh, realise that. You know, if you look at Trump's supporters, um, people say it's around about. 30% or so that are hardcore the, um, of the, you know, the population that are hardcore Trump supporters. Um, there is another 20% of the population that's supporting him, but they're kind of on the fence a bit. Um, half of those may move, uh, may not vote at all, um, or uh, vote for Biden in an, in an election. But it could come right down to the wire. It could be a you know, very close decision at the end of the day. So what I hope is that enough of those Republican people are just sick to death of what is going on and sick to death of Trump, that they uh, will vote for the Democrats. Right. And that all that enough people in the Democratic Party actually get out and vote so that it doesn't matter. And Trump can still have his you know, same number of voters as he's always had and still lose the election. So it gives me hope that I think there are enough good people and I think the message is really starting to get out there and people are understanding that Trump just means total chaos. Yeah. And uh, I, th I think people just you know, really want a quiet time. I think they've kind of had enough of it. So, mm. Just we'll finally, see. I wanted to ask you, I saw, a, I saw a suggestion that Biden's biggest threat might not be Trump, but Hillary. I haven't seen that suggestion. Well, I, I, I don't, don't know how. It sounded like that someone wanted to slip her in 
as a replacement for uh, Biden, this this is what happened in Australia. If you if you think about it, Bill Hayden was moved to one yeah. side, and suddenly Hawke was the um, opposition yeah. leader and the candidate for prime ministership, which of course he won hugely. Um, I'm not suggesting that Hillary is uh, more popular than Biden, but she, is she a little younger? Maybe is that an issue? She's younger, but. I think uh, that would just hand uh, Trump the election in right. a massive landslide. Right. Uh, no one is going to vote for Hillary. That's just not going to happen. Right. The best possible candidate would be probably uh, Gavin Newsom, who uh, is the governor of California. He would probably okay. be the best candidate in the Liberal Party at the moment. Right. Um, but certainly, no, that's, that's not going to happen. The biggest issue that uh, Biden really has is his age. Mm. And uh, just the inability of the Democratic Party really to push the sort of messages that they want people to hear. Um, Fox News has a still has a, a big uh, following here, and there are lots of alternative news channels that uh, Middle America gets their news from. So it's very hard for the uh, uh, Democratic Party to get their messages across. To be right. honest, so Fox is just a hundred percent Republican. Yeah. Oh. I, I just day, don't. Uh, yeah. I find it difficult to deal with the Murdoch media here in Australia. I just don't listen to it. Um, yeah, which is saying something. I worked for the man, and uh, you know, I used to read an um, X number of newspapers every morning before seven o'clock, and uh, watch television and listen to radio. But I, I don't know. It's a big turn off for, for me right now. Yeah, I, I try to be fair and. <clears throat> listen to a bit of both, so I'll, I'll listen to MSNBC and then I'll, occasionally I'll switch over to Fox News, but I get so frustrated, frustrated with the Fox News uh, personalities, I, sure. I just have to turn it off after mm. you know four or five minutes, I just can't take it. It's not journalism, uh, Phil, it's, uh, it's just grandstanding in one, one direction or another, and... Uh it's not how I was brought up in the game, so, you know, very hard to listen to. Well, I know you're busy, so I'm going to let you go, but I want to thank you so much for being there for us uh, through 2023. I think you're going to have to be there through 2024, mate, because <laughs> it could get even uh, bigger. Um, anyway, I want to wish you and the family all the very best for the season, and um, I, I hope you have a fabulous Christmas. How was Thanksgiving? Did you consume a few turkeys? Yeah, we had a <clears throat> had a nice time at Thanksgiving with the family. Um, Beautiful. It is. It is uh, almost bigger than Christmas. Uh, oh, it here. is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So that was a, a lovely time. But uh, thanks to you and and the crew and to all the listeners out there, it's been great being with you this year. And look forward to a fabulous uh, 2024. So Merry Christmas to everyone, and we'll catch you in the new year. Thanks, Phil. Graham Kimmler there with Phil Brown. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.